Hello, People's Church. It's good to see you all today. My name is Jason John, and I am the Community Group's Director here. And I'm excited to be able to share God's Word with you today. And I'm thankful to Pastor Herbert for giving me this opportunity to be able to share God's Word. I want to welcome all of you that are watching online across the world at peopleschurch.tv. And I want to welcome our Midwest City Campus. I'm excited to be with you all today. You know, we are one church in two locations. And back in August, we launched our Midwest City location. And every week, God is using that church to change lives and do a great work there in Midwest City. And you are expanding your auditorium now so that we can see even more people come and be ministered to and receive from God in that place. So I'm excited for what the future holds there in Midwest City. Now, we are starting a new series today called The Greatest Show on Earth. And throughout the month of June, we've got all kinds of special stuff going on here at the church. So I'm telling you, this is the place to be on Sundays in the month of June. You want to invite people to come so they can come and have a good time and hear from God while they are here. And as we start this series, The Greatest Show on Earth, today I want to talk to you all about the secret to growth. The secret to growth. The fact is, we all want to grow, right? We all want to get better. Nobody wakes up in the morning and says, okay, in 10 years, I want to be in the exact same place where I am right now. I don't want anything to change. I don't want any part of my life to progress. I want to be right where I am. That's not the case. You know, we all want to be better parts of who God wants us to be. We all want to grow. And I want to challenge you with this today, that relationships are an integral and critical part of our personal growth. Relationships are an integral part of us becoming the men and women that God has called us to be. And for me, some of my most important relationships and my closest friendships with the guys that I went to went to college with. I lived at the University of Oklahoma with three of my closest friends from childhood. And how many of you know that you do some stupid things when you're in college? Anybody know what I'm talking about? You do some stupid things in college. All the hands went up. Okay. Well, here's the thing with us. We actually had some of our friends that went to another school that was also in the state. And between the two groups, we started this, this prank war, right? So I'm not talking about like prank phone calls and whoopee cushions or anything like that. Like we were trying to kidnap one another. We would break into each other's apartments. <clears throat> there was actually one spring break where I came back from vacation and all the air vents in my apartment were filled with dead fish. Okay. We did not get our security deposit back, but uh, it's just one of those things. This is the kind of stuff that we used to do with one another. And I'm not trying to give anybody ideas, but there was one night where we all went out to dinner together and we walked out of the restaurant. It was me and my buddy, my roommate. We walked out of the restaurant and we saw my buddy's car driving off. Now, how many of you know some red flags go up when you're with your friend and you see his car driving away, but he's still standing next to you? So we knew that we were going to be stranded away from home and that our buddies were actually taking my friend's car. So me, being the brilliant college student that I am, being the intelligent young man that I was at the time, I decided, man, I'm going to chase after this car. And so I started running after my buddy's car and I got close enough 
that I actually was able to grab on to the spoiler of my friend's car. Only after a while, I wasn't really running anymore. I was getting dragged behind this Toyota Corolla in the parking lot of IHOP. This is not the highest point of my life. And so quickly I knew, all right, this is all going wrong. And I came up with an awesome idea. I was like, man, I can fix this whole thing. Everything will be fine if I can just get onto the car somehow. And so I got my feet underneath me, and I'm running, and I just jumped as high and as far as I could to get onto the back of the car. Now, keep in mind, it's not an actual thief that's driving this car away. It's a friend of ours. And so he sees me in the rearview mirror, and he's like, something's wrong. So he slams on the brakes And you don't have to have a Ph.D. in physics to know if I'm flying forward and this car stops, things aren't going to go too well. So I slam into the back of the car. The windshield broke like it shattered. So there's glass all over the place. I cut my face open. My friend had to get a new windshield before his parents found out what happened to his car. I had to hide these stitches in my face before my parents found out what happened to my face. And they're like, why are we sending you to college? And so the point of all this, the point of all this is that you will do anything for your friends. You'll do anything for your friends because relationships are so important. I want to tell you this today, that the right relationships will get you to the right place at the right time. The right relationships will get you to the right place at the right time. And on the other hand, the wrong relationships will get you to the wrong place at the wrong time. To grow and to develop, to become better as a spouse, to become better as a parent, as an employee, as a boss, as a follower of Jesus, to be a better friend in so many different areas, to be better, we have to surround ourselves with the right people. We have to have the right kind of friends around us because relationships are such an important part to our growth. Why is that? Why are relationships so important, and why are they such an integral part of our growth? If you're taking notes, the first thing is this. It's because we were created for relationship. We were created for relationship. In the book of Genesis, we see God creating the universe and creating a place for mankind to dwell. And the Bible says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God put the moon and the sun and the stars in the sky, and he said, it's good. He separated the oceans from the land. He said, it's good. He created the animals and the plants and the trees, and he said, it is good. And finally, God created man. He called him Adam, and he put him in this place that he had prepared for him. And God says, it is, it is very good. But there was one thing in God's eyes that wasn't good. And we see that in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. <clears throat> And God says, it is not good that man should be alone. It is not good that man should be alone. And the very first thing in the universe to displease the heart of God was loneliness. The very first thing to displease God was loneliness. And that is because God created us in his image with an innate desire and need for connection with a need to have relationship with other people. If you don't believe me, look at the success of of social media. Look at things like Twitter and Facebook. These are multi-billion, with a B, but billion dollar companies. 
And the reason is because people want to feel connected to each other. People want to feel that they're in relationship with each other all the time. People want to know when you're going to the bathroom. And people want to know where you're going to eat, what restaurant you're going to. And they want to see pictures of who you went out to eat with so they could be mad at you because they weren't invited to go out to eat with you. People want to know what's going on in your life. And it's because there's a need to belong. There's a company called Gallup. And they do different surveys and polls. And they study human behavior. And a few years ago, Gallup did a poll to figure out what the best places in America were to work. And beyond that, they wanted to figure out what made these places the best places to work. And overwhelmingly, what they discovered was this. The people that worked at those places said that those were the best places to work because they had a friend at work. They had relationships with the people they work with. And and what blows my mind is this. It wasn't about where the company was located. It wasn't about the kind of job that they were doing. It wasn't about the benefits. It wasn't about how much money they were getting paid. They said that that was the best place to work because they had friends at work. All of us have a need for connection. All of us have a need for relationship because God created us with that need. Relationships are something that we were created for. Now we're talking about growth today. And how many of you know that not everyone in your life helps you grow? Anyone with me on that? Not everyone in your life helps you grow. In fact, there's a lot of people that do the direct opposite. They hold you back. They keep you from getting further on down the road. They keep you from becoming the person that God wants you to become. So I'm not just talking about having friends. Because nobody needs to stand on this stage and preach to you that it's important to have friends. I'm talking about godly people in your life. People who will speak the scripture to you when you're going through situations. People who will pray for you. People who will correct you when you need to be corrected. But people who will do it all in love. I'm not talking about people that want to hear all your junk so they can go and tell it to somebody else. So that they can go and gossip about you, so that they can go and stab you in the back. That's not the kind of people I'm talking about. I'm talking about people that love you unconditionally and want to see you grow and want to see you get better. Those are the kind of people that you've got to surround yourself with. Godly friends that will get you to the right place at the right time. Another reason that relationships help us grow is that relationships help us to stand against the enemy. Relationships help us stand against the enemy. It is not good for man to be alone because it is true that we have a spiritual adversary in this world. We have an enemy. And John chapter 10 verse 10 says, The thief, talking about Satan, talking about our adversary, comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus says here, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. And the abundant life that Jesus came to give us is life that is lived in fellowship with other people. Life that is lived in community with others. And the enemy will try to steal and destroy that life. The enemy will try to convince you that you've been burned too many times, you can't trust anyone, you can't bring other people into your life, and he'll try to isolate you from others. But the abundant life that Christ came to give us is life in community and relationship with other people. 
I've got a huge confession to make to you, People's Church, right? You're going to be surprised by this. I am a big nerd, all right? And I tell you that because you probably can't tell just by looking at me because for some reason right now it's kind of in style to look like a nerd. And so when I was in middle school, that was not the case. It was dark times. And so when all the other kids were out playing sports and doing their thing, I was at home with my books and my chemistry sets, and I was perfectly happy with the world. And even now, my wife, because my wife is pretty cool, my wife is like, dude, just get away from me, all right? Just go and read your nerdy books and watch your nerdy TV shows. Do whatever you nerds do, all right? So are there any nerds in the house today? Can I see you? Any nerds in the house today? Yeah, nobody ever raises their hand for that. <laughs> no, whatever. A couple of you guys. All right. Good to see you. I understand. I understand. All right. But one of my favorite nerd pastimes is watching those shows on Discovery Channel with the animals. You know, and so you'll be just looking at this beautiful plane in Africa or something, and, and there's going to be thousands of zebra. Just as far as you can see, a huge herd of zebra, and they're just eating and drinking, and they're just all together, and it seems like everything's fine. And then off in the distance, you see this lion, all right? And you know what the lion's got on its mind. It's got dinner on its mind. And it's just watching the herd of zebra, and it's just watching and waiting, and it's watching and waiting. And then the zebra kind of finish up. They're done eating. They're done drinking. And the herd's about to move on to somewhere else. But, you know, there's always that one stupid zebra that's kind of like, oh, hey, look at the flower over there. There's a little flower and so everybody's leaving, and this one zebra is kind of moping on by it. Oh, they have a little flower over here. You guys go on without me. I'm fine. I want to look at this flower real quick. I'm going to drink some water. And the lion is watching the zebra because it's getting away from the pack. And the lion doesn't want to mess with a thousand zebra, but that one that's walking away, it's like, oh, there it is. There's dinner. And then this lion just starts to pounce. And all of a sudden, everything's in slow motion, and the music is going, and it's like, da 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 and this lion has that zebra by the throat, and it's having some zebra T-bone before you know it. And on that day, that zebra learns a very important lesson, and that is that isolation is dangerous. Isolation is dangerous. And I want you to look at 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. It says, your enemy, your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour looking for someone to devour. And so many times, we don't want anyone to know what we're facing. We don't want anyone to know what we're struggling with. We don't want anyone to know what we're going through. So we keep everyone at arm's length. And we start to isolate ourselves. Little by little, we start to isolate ourselves. And the enemy is watching and looking for someone to devour. Isolation is dangerous. Not only is isolation dangerous, isolation is selfish. Isolation is selfish. Look at Proverbs chapter 18, verse 1. And it says, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. And it's saying here, we isolate ourselves because of our selfishness. We're so concerned with how we look in front of other people. We're so concerned with having it all together. We're so concerned that when people see us, they think, oh, they got their act together. Things are going good in their life. Their life is going well. We're so concerned about what other people think that we won't be honest or open or transparent with anyone. And not only is isolation dangerous, isolation is selfish. Early in my ministry, I struggled with this. Because I thought a pastor 
had to have everything together. So I was like, man, I can't be, I can't tell anyone what I'm going through. I can't tell anyone what I'm struggling with. I can't tell anyone about the things that I'm facing because what are they going to think about me? They're going to be like, who is this guy? Why is he our pastor? You know, I knew what people would think, and so I wouldn't tell anyone anything. I wouldn't share anything with anyone. But at that time, I was a young guy, and I was struggling with, with pride and arrogance. I seriously thought I knew everything, and I treated people horribly. I treated people horribly. And the worst part is, I knew what I was doing was wrong. And so I would go home every day like, why am I like this? But nothing would ever change. And I stayed in that same cycle. I felt guilty, went back, did the same thing. Felt guilty, went back, did the same thing, wondering what is going on with me. And have you ever had those times where you're reading scripture and the Holy Spirit just has a scripture jump off the page and punch you in the face? That's kind of what happened to me with this scripture. This scripture touched me so much at that time in my life. It's James chapter 5, verse 16. It says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. And for me at that time, healing came through accountability, and accountability came through godly relationships. And I got people around me who were godly friends, and I told them about the things that I struggled with. I told them about the way that I was thinking. I told them about how I struggled with treating certain people. And so they were able to pray for me, and they were able to speak Scripture into my life. And when they would see me do something, when they would hear me say something, when they would see how I treated someone, they were able to kind of pull me aside and say, hey, where did that come from? Like, what, what was the motivation behind what you said? What was the motivation behind how you reacted? What were you thinking with that? And they were help, able to help me stand against a foothold that the enemy could have had in my life. The Bible says that the one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. And a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. We have to know that as we are open and honest with people, godly people in our lives, we're able to stand against the enemy through the right relationships that we have. And I have a question for you today. Who is helping you to stand against the enemy? Who knows the things that you're struggling with? And it could be in so many different places. Maybe in your marriage there's something that you struggle with. Who is helping you? to stand against the enemy. Maybe it's in your business and you're cutting corners and you're taking shortcuts and you know what you're doing is wrong, but you won't tell anybody about it. Nobody knows what's going on. Nobody knows what you're struggling with. No one can hold you accountable. Who is helping you to stand against the enemy? Who is that person that can speak into your life? Because isolation is dangerous. And isolation comes from selfishness. But in relationship with the right people, you can get to the right place at the right time. God can lead you to stand against the enemy as you stand together with others, as you stand in community with others. The next way that relationships help us grow is that relationships help us to walk in victory. Relationships help us walk in victory. It is not good for man to be alone because in life you are going to face tough times. Amen? That's the one thing that we all have in common. It doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter where you were educated. It doesn't matter where you live. None of it matters. All of us 
are going to face storms in this life. We're all going to face tough situations. And at those times is where we most need mature and godly people around us to help us walk in victory through those moments. Throughout Scripture, we see people that God has called for great purposes and who God has great plans for their life. But in order for them to accomplish what God has called them to, they've got to face struggles. And they've got to face storms. And over and over in Scripture, we see how God would put other people with them to help them walk along the road of life. So they wouldn't walk in defeat, but they would walk in victory. And one of my favorite passages is in Acts chapter 16. And here the Apostle Paul who was one of the greatest missionaries to ever live. He planted churches all over the world. He was established the early church. He wrote most of the New Testament. And the Apostle Paul was with a man named Silas. And they both went to a town, and they were unjustly prosecuted. And after this, they were beaten, they were battered, they were persecuted, they were thrown in prison. And here they are with chains in a jail at midnight. And they have every right to be complaining to each other. How did we get here? How could this have happened? Woe is me. Where was God? What's going on? They could have gotten down on themselves. They could have been completely defeated. But the Bible says in that time they didn't get down on themselves. They weren't defeated. They weren't sad. They weren't thinking, woe is me. No, the Bible says that at midnight in that prison with chains on, beaten and battered, they both started to sing and they both started to worship God and they both started to praise God in the middle of their circumstance. Instead of being defeated, they were able to strengthen one another. They were able to empower one another. They were able to encourage one another. And together, instead of walking in defeat, they were able to walk in victory through that storm that they faced. And who is in your life that's going to step up when things go wrong and lift you up and help you walk through the road of life? Because every one of you in this room, every one of you in this room, there is a great purpose and plan for your life. God has a plan for your life, just like he did with the Apostle Paul. And to accomplish what God wants to accomplish, for you to be the man or woman that God wants you to be, you're going to have to face tough situations. You'll need people in your life that can walk through those times with you. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 to 10, it says, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. And for me, the story that I told you earlier about my friends, About a year before that happened, my uncle passed away, and it was all of a sudden, came out of nowhere, and it was the first time in my life that I had lost someone that I was close to. I didn't really know how to deal with it. I didn't really know how to go through that. And it was those same friends that I used to do stupid stuff with that came, and they sat with me, and they read scripture with me, and they prayed for me, and they hugged me, and they were the only people that I was willing to cry in front of. Because relationships can help us to walk in victory during the storms of life. When we feel like there's no other hope, the right people around you can help you go in the right direction during the storms of life. Another way that relationships help us to grow is that relationships help us grow closer to God. They help us grow closer to God. 
And it's not good for man to be alone because the right people in our life can draw us in the direction of the Lord, can draw us in the direction of God's will and purpose for our life. We're going to look at Acts chapter 2 and several verses there, but we're going to see how the early church lived together in unity, how the early church experienced community with one another, how they fellowshiped and the type of relationship that they had. And we're going to see how they met together, and in doing so, they grew closer to God. And one of the things I love about the early church, over and over here, it talks about fellowship. And that word fellowship in the Greek is the word koinonia. And it means this close friendship, close relationship. So they weren't merely people that went to church together. These were close friends. That's how they went through life together. They did life together. They lived together and experienced community with one another. And in so doing... They grew closer to the Lord every day. The first thing, the first way that they grew closer to the Lord in relationship was that they studied God's word and prayed together. Acts chapter 2 verse 42 says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And my wife and I, we have a community group that we love. And it always energizes me to go and sit and study God's word with other people and have other people pray for me. And who is it in your life that you're able to sit and study God's word with? Whose experiences are you able to learn from? Who is it in your life that is praying for you and praying with you? Because I'm telling you this, there is nothing better on a bad day than to get a text message out of the blue from someone that says, Hey, I was just thinking about you. I'm praying for you. I hope everything's all right. To think God would love me so much that there are people in my life that he would lead to say, Jason's having a bad day. Pray for him. There's nothing better than that. And I hope that all of you get to experience that joy. The next way that the early church grew closer to God in their relationship was they met each other's needs. They met each other's needs. In Acts chapter 2 verse 44, it says, All who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And basically, they made sure that everyone had everything they needed, that nobody went without, and that everyone was taken care of. And one of my jobs here at the church is to minister to people when they're maybe sick in the hospital or when they've lost a loved one. And something that always brings me joy is when I show up at the hospital or I show up at a funeral home and there's a community group or there's friends and, and, and godly relationships that are there with them, that are helping them, that are bringing them food, that are watching their kids, that are taking care of details, that are helping them through that dark time. Because the church should live in community with one another, and one of the ways we do it is by meeting one another's needs, by knowing what's going on in other people's lives, and stepping up and doing what we can to fulfill their needs at those times. And that's how the early church was able to draw closer to God. The next way was this. They had a blast together. This is one of my favorite ones. They just had fun together. All right, Acts chapter 2, verse 46 says, And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. And over food, they would break down barriers. They would laugh. They would be glad and generous with one another, and they would just enjoy their time together. And for my wife and I, one of the things, again, that we love about our community group, I always leave group with my stomach hurting and my face sore because I've been laughing for hours and hours. It's so important 
to laugh with other people. It's so important to enjoy our time with other people. Because I think people think that in church you're not supposed to have fun. Or that this is supposed to be very serious and very pious and it's not a place where you're supposed to have a good time. But God wants you to laugh with other people. God wants you to be energized and joyful in your heart, experiencing glad and generous hearts with others. And for some of you, all the relationships in your life just seem to suck the energy out of everything. It's just, it's just daunting and, and, and distracting, and you feel like the people that are around you are just sapping all the energy that you have. And you need to get around some people that you can laugh with, that you can have a good time with. And that doesn't mean you have to go to the club and you have to be doing things that you shouldn't be doing. You can have a good time with godly people. You can have a good time in godly relationship with one another because one of the things that God desired for the church was that they would have fun together as they served him and pointed people towards Christ. This is another way that they grew. And finally... They grew in their relationship with God because they witnessed life change together. Acts chapter 2 verse 47 says, The Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. And as they met together and studied God's word, as they prayed for each other, as they met each other's needs, as they had a blast together, God blessed them and added to their number each day. And the beginning part of verse 47 says, that they were praising God and had favor with all people. And what it means is even people outside the church would look at these people and watch the way that they loved each other, watch the way that they served each other, watch the way that they met each other's needs and lived in fellowship and friendship with each other. And they were like, what is with these people? And they were drawn to it because it was so attractive and alluring that they were drawn to God And it was added to their number every day, those who were being saved as they lived together in community and the relationships they had with each other drew them closer to God. I want to challenge you with this today. Pursue godly relationships in your life. If you're not in a community group, find a community group. And it might take you a while. You might have to visit a few of them. You're not going to hurt anyone's feelings. But it's important that you find a group of people who will help you stand against the enemy. A group of people who will stand strong with you and help you walk in victory when you face trouble. And a group of people that will help you draw closer to God. It's important for all of us to find that and to have that in our lives. Because relationships are so important to God. There's no place that we see this more than the cross. You see, our sin had separated us from God. But God so desired relationship with every one of us. God so loved every one of us that Jesus came into the world to take our sin upon himself so that we would not be separated from God anymore. God wanted to have eternal relationship with every one of us because that is so important to who he is and so important to the way that he created us. Relationships are important not only to our growth, not only to our development and becoming better people, but relationships are so important in understanding how God sees us, how God loves us, how God pursued us and desired communion with us. Pursue godly relationships and you will see how God can take you to the right place at the right time as you surround yourself 
with the right people. Let's pray together.